Welcome to the Expired Podcast by Macy Bookout and Natalie Gard. New episodes out each and every Monday. We are a Chattanooga-based crime cast. For all business inquiries, please email us at expiredpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Expired Podcast. Here we go again. Here we go. Again. Oh, what a week. Fourth of July. It's just a lot. It is a lot. Such a short week, and I feel like it's been like the longest week of my life. Yes, and just with the holiday in the middle of the week, it's like, what day? Where am I supposed to be? Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a question mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, get our interview. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Like, like that's most like you, I mean. Like personality wise. Yeah. First thing I would say is a flamingo because you love flamingos. I love flamingos and they're the color of what they eat. <laughs> Shrimp. Pink. Shrimp. But personality wise I'd love to be a cat. Any sort of cat? Any cat. Like a big cat or no, a regular house like cat? A house cat. Interesting. They sleep twenty out of twenty four hours a day. But they're sketchy. I don't, I don't like cats. I'm sketchy. I mean, I love all animals, but... You're not a cat person. Mm-hmm. I have two, and I love them. And they're just so funny. Like, one of mine loves boxes. So, anytime there's, like, an Amazon box or even, like, a laundry basket, mm-hmm. he has to jump in it. That's funny. Like, he just does his own thing. He gets as much love as he wants and then goes away, and I'm, like, not offended. Oh, my gosh. A cat, probably. A cat. Like Taylor Swift. I don't see you as being a cat. Really? Yeah. That's but my personality. I'm introverted. Only want love like certain times. <laughs> certain I sleep times. a lot. <laughs> I like to eat and be spoiled. Mm. And cats are spoiled. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. What animal would you be? A lion? A cheetah? I don't know. A um, jaguar? That's what I see you as. A koala bear. <laughs> Why? Well, because I sleep a lot mm-hmm. if I can. Like we were talking earlier, literally, if I don't set an alarm and no one wakes me up, I could sleep 24-7. Um, <clears throat> but, like, you also don't fuck with them because yeah. they're, they're mean. Although, I'm not mean, but, like, don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe just like a regular bear. Bear, yeah. Because I feel like I'm very mama bear. Yeah. Like, you protect what's yours and yeah. what you want to protect. So. Yeah. Um, but if not, probably a lion because I am a Leo. Mm-hmm. I'm a Taurus. I should have been a bull. <laughs> I'm so freaking stubborn. Uh, you, Yeah. No, Taylor's a Taurus too. People, like, I think Leos are like especially like known even if people don't know zodiac that well we're known as like stubborn no we don't our stubbornness don't hold a candle to a taurus it's so bad. stubbornness like it's bad whew. yeah it's a different kind of not bending <laughs> it's bad <laughs> i wish i wasn't so stubborn but what are you gonna do i was born it's, yeah this it's, it's a part of you can't help it all right, you want to get into it? I guess. This one's going to be your case because 
you found more info than I could ever dream of finding on this case. And, and no podcast has ever been, or I couldn't find no a podcast. No TV show? Like, there's Nothing. not been, like, an episode on any sort of, like, murder And it's, this is a mass casualty murder. Yeah. It's insane. pretty wild. Yeah. Um, you can start it. Okay. Because your papers have like the address and the name, mm -hmm. the names and stuff mm -hmm. for a good intro. All my, I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm gonna try my best to not be like <laughs> with papers the whole time. So if we pause and you hear that, it's simply because I'm trying to find the exact note. Note that that yeah, this is this is a good case, mm -hmm. but very interesting i feel like we get all angles like the justice system how it works and how it should work and what it means whether we agree or like it or not drugs of course unfortunately mm -hmm. um just a lot Murder, there's like a racial yes. profiling possibly yes. like yes it's just Political oh, yeah. wrongdoings, mm -hmm. like you get it all with this case. Yeah, you do. So this is the 1999 Valentine's Day murder. Um, this happened in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's like 20, 30 minutes from here. Literally, I live like right on the line of Ottawa, mm -hmm. Chattanooga, and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And three people were killed. One was injured. In this apartment, this apartment resides at 431 19th Street in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, there were, like I said, one sole survivor. Her name is Tawana. She goes by Tart sometimes, like a nickname, Tawana Blair. The victims were her cousin, O.J. Blair, Tawana's partner, Don Rogers, and OJ's girlfriend, Casey Higgins. So Casey, Dawn, and OJ were sh shot multiple times and killed. And they and, were all fairly young. Yeah, very, very, very 18, young. 19, and, and like 25 or yeah. something. Something like that. Um, wild. Dawn was the oldest, and then Casey and OJ were the youngest, and they were dating. And then Tawana and Dawn were dating. And. Um, they all, except for Tawana, the the victims who were killed were all shot multiple times, all, execution style, like with their hands behind their backs, like yes. just, but Ugh. Tawana was only shot once and she was shot in the back. And Tawana is the only survivor mm -hmm. um, in the medical report and even in like court proceedings and hearings um she miraculously survived but obviously em the emts had a lot to do with that when she got to the hospital the gunshot had actually um hit multiple internal organs but somehow some way there were it was life-threatening but she recovered completely um with no you know life altering things which and I, because i'm pretty sure it also hit her spinal cord that's crazy yeah so she is the only survivor um <sighs> okay the scene was 
a little odd because in this apartment, like obviously there was some stuff like strewn about downstairs, but upstairs, totally normal bedrooms, mm -hmm. bathrooms, nothing had been touched. Um, I don't believe there was like any sort of like robbery, so they couldn't say it was like a robbery. Yeah, there was no, um, nothing of significance like jewelry or money missing. The Even if it was like a disarray, there it was not like ransacked. Um, nothing looked as if it had been gone through mm -hmm. to find money, jewelry, drugs, anything of value. They found uh, zip ties. A beer like a, bottle by the door. Yeah, telephone cord. Mm -hmm. The door had been to the kitchen had been like forcefully opened, which in a townhome, I would imagine that's like the entry door. Mm -hmm. um, so robbery, in mm -hmm. my mind, isn't really playing out here. Yeah. Um, but we don't know for sure yet. Right. Um, there was three samples of dna like blood that all belonged to the victims who lived in this apartment were unalived and there was only one speck of dna and it was um on a stamp that was found and it to this day has not been matched to anyone it was on a stamp really mm -hmm. which makes me think it could have been the sender yeah, the male person. Right, or anybody. if if they got it at the post office, mm -hmm. like the person who handed it to them, you know. Yeah, or the, even the mailman. Like. Yes, yeah, it's not been matched to anyone. Mm -hmm. So as far as, like, DNA evidence goes, pretty mm -hmm. lacking. Little I mean, they, were, they got all the bullet shells, bullet casings, um, all the things that you would find in a multiple gunshot, multiple victim homicide scene. Mm-hmm but zero DNA evidence to match any person other than the victims who lived there. Yeah. Hmm. So with that said, obviously investigations start. And one of the first things that, if not the first thing that comes up is that the night before on in the morning hours of February 13th, 1999, um, a lot of, friends, family, witnesses that were at this specific party in Sweetwater, Tennessee. Like a hundred people came to this party. Yes, it was, it was a, a big, big party. party. And it was at a house that was known for um, drug activity mm -hmm. and, you know, just illegal activity, really. Yeah. Um, multiple witnesses say that Maurice Johnson and the victim, O.J. Blair, had gotten into a verbal and some even said a physical altercation. Um, some didn't know what it was about. It was just that like a fight broke out. Mm -hmm. Some said that it was over money and drugs mm -hmm. that, you know, someone, Johnson fronted Blair drugs to sell, Blair hadn't paid him, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, also according to court documents, OJ Blair was getting the better half of Maurice Johnson in this altercation. He's like 10, 15 years younger than him. Yeah, and he's 
According to witnesses, he's whipping his ass. Yeah. And then all of a sudden shots go off. And so OJ Blair runs back into the house. Johnson, some witnesses say that he like pulled out a gun and said he like pointed at him and his friends were like, dude, it ain't worth it, whatever. Mm -hmm. He gets in his car and he leaves. Later it's found out that he in fact didn't have a gun because police arrested him. Um, OJ Blair actually left the scene. Maurice Johnson got in his car, left and then came back and the police were there. Mm-hmm. They took him into custody. Cause the gunshots yes. they heard and they called and whatever. Um, he did not have gunshot residue on his hands, was not carrying a firearm when they took him into they custody. Yeah. Now what's even crazier is that someone was actually shot at that party. Yeah. Um, and went to the hospital and then a bunch of the party goers were at the hospital and people were in and out, you know, just checking on him basically until he was released and no one was ever charged with that. Hmm. There was also reports of another fight that broke out between two females at that party Hmm. also. So yeah, this party sounds like a shit show. Um, All the witnesses admit to and testified to the fact that everyone was under the influence of alcohol and, and that everyone like themselves were heavily using drugs. Mm-hmm. So did they think good things were going to come? No. Uh, right. I'm like, that sounds like a terrible Police idea. Police got called. Someone got shot. They <sighs> went to the hospital. Multiple fights. <laughs> Multiple fights. And then the next day there's a triple homicide with Just another person shot 30 minutes down the road that's insane mm-hmm. to me that is insane yep so this party there when maurice johnson left after he had a fight with oj almost said simpson <laughs> oj blair no <laughs> um after he had that fight with oj and they both left maurice came comes back and you know, police are talking to all the people at the party, all the people who saw this fight, saw, you know, the gunshot, whatever. Because it's kind of multiple police cases in one. Yeah. Um, there were witnesses. There were over 25 witnesses who said that there was huge arguments between Maurice, Money. Money. Yep. This guy named Money. So, if we say Maurice or Money, they're the same. Money and Maurice are the same person. Mm-hmm. And um, someone actually witnessed money after he left and came back um, loading up a clip of a gun. Mm-hmm. Now, like pl- police said, he didn't have any gunshot residue on his hands when they took him in. They, he didn't have, you know, any kind of evidence that he had shot a gun. Oh, but- I misspoke. I'm so mushy-brained. Maurice is Maurice Johnson. Money is not Maurice. I wondered. Because I was like, am I? No. Is my brain? No. Much? I miss. Mine is. So, Maurice Johnson <laughs> is one guy. He left and came back. Mm-hmm. Money Younger, yeah, which is Michael, Michael Young- Younger, he was seen filling a clip for, for a guy. Yep. <sighs> mm-hmm. So, with all these leads and all these things going on, this case goes cold until 
So this was 1999. This case goes cold until 2006. Mm -hmm. When the TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, obtains new leads and helps get this case reopened. And if I'm being honest, based off the court documents I read, I believe it was reopened based off of information given to agents by prisoners. Okay. Because both um, Michael Younger and Maurice Johnson had, I mean, Tijuana Blair had many previous instances with the law too, but both of them had been in prison for felony drug charges, then um, firearm charges, drug, just all the things. Mm -hmm. So if I remember correctly, Michael or Maurice Johnson had told someone in prison that he knew on the outside too, had admitted to all of this inside prison. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. It does make sense. That makes um, sense. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. But it being, it was cold for seven years, mm -hmm. even with all the information they had. I'm, I would imagine that the number one, you're not going to have that many witnesses claim everything that was said at the trial, but because people are scared and they just want to stay out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but also the lack of DNA evidence. Mm -hmm. So in 2006, they reopened the case and between then and 2009, early 2009, they gain enough evidence to um, charge Michael Johnson or Michael Younger, mm -hmm. Maurice Johnson, and Tijuana Blair, who was the survivor. I don't know how they got her because she was shot in the back. How do you? Sh I mean, maybe you could have been involved and got shot like by accident, but like. How in the world did they figure that out? Um, I think based off the court documents and like in the trials, m there were people that, well, Maurice Johnson said she knew we were coming. We told her we were gonna knock on the door like we were the police, so she would let us in. Mm -hmm. So I think she might've conspired with them but I think once it went down, they didn't trust that she would keep her mouth shut. Mm. If she was actually involved. Yeah. You know, that's what Maurice Johnson was saying at court. Um, but also part of the reason why they even looked at her was because she was very uncooperative. Yeah. And told, and told many, 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 many different stories yeah because she was the only survivor and she said oh these white guys came in and mm -hmm. did all this and yes that obviously was not the, the case right so i think it was maybe not necessarily enough to convict but for detectives and investigators and the da i think there is enough stuff that had that she had not handled properly that they 
wanted to charge her. Yeah. Um, but why in the world would she want to cover for someone who killed her cousin, her partner, and her cousin's girlfriend? That's the part where I don't know. I don't know that she was involved yeah. because... I mean... I don't know that she was necessarily... I don't know. In my opinion, I don't think she conspired to murder people. I do think she might have conspired to, like, she knew they were coming and thought they were just coming to get their money or their drugs back, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and maybe some things went some bad. revenge from getting his ass beat the mm -hmm. night before. Yeah. And things went bad. Mm -hmm. Um Either way, everything about her involvement, to me, is sketchy. Yeah. I don't think she's completely innocent, but I don't think... She thought this was the outcome. Right. Um, so, she was actually... Tijuana Blair, who obviously was the only survivor, then turned into um, a suspect, and then she was actually ultimately charged, and... This is what it says. The lone survivor of the Valentine's Day triple murder is now looking at the possible death penalty after being charged. It says Tijuana Blair is set to go to trial in August of 2009, but only if the trial of the co-defendant Maurice Johnson does not go forward, which is weird because his did go forward and her, so did hers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Attorney Davis said the slang, her attorney, apparently traced back to a disagreement at an earlier party. He said Miss Blair was shot in the back but managed to call 911 after the gunman left. He said the bullet damaged some internal organs and hit her spinal cord, but she made a pretty miraculous discovery. And the others were shot multiple times. She has always maintained her innocence. He called the case a misguided prosecution. It was ruled earlier blah, blah, blah. The TBI helped reopen the case, blah, blah. So she was charged and in, I believe, 2010, if I'm correct. It ended in a mistrial. Yeah. Uh, 2009. Yeah. Um, she had a trial in 2009 that ended in a mistrial and a dismissal of charges. And if I remember correctly, that was just based off simply a lack of evidence and probably a little bit of cooperation yeah. from her as end. far as like what happened at the party the night before and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she was let go pretty quickly. Yes. Um, after that. And I think, I mean, if she had any involvement in it, I could see that. But who wants to get, if you have involvement completely, who wants to get shot in the back and could, I mean, like, hit their spinal cord, hit major but that's organs? My, like, that's my thing. I don't know that she wanted to that. be shot. I think they that she could have been involved, and then they freaked out. Like, she's not going to, this is her family. Like, she's mm -hmm. not going to keep her mouth shut. We're screwed. And, like, shot her in the left. last, kind of last-minute decision mm -hmm. type of thing. I don't think they went in there. Thinking to on. kill everybody. Yeah. Or like at least leaving her alive. And then I think after they did it, 
they were like, oh crap. Yeah. We can't leave. We can't leave any survivors. Yeah. She's a witness. Mm -hmm. So. Mm. There were tons of witnesses because, like we said in the at the Sweetwater party, there were hundreds of people at this party. Hundreds of people witnessed all these illegal things, mm -hmm. drugs, drinking, underage, um, you know, the gunshots. You can't just fire a gun, you know, like willy-nilly. Yep. Um, and so 20 to 25 people claim they saw OJ and Maurice fighting and like threatening and doing all these things. So th that was all used because we read the whole 45 page trial. Yes. Um, description. There's a lot of information. Oh there. my gosh. Yeah. And truth be told, I was impressed with honestly kind of the consistency mm -hmm. of all the witnesses and even just like the way things went down, all of their stories, even though they differed because it was a different, they were only a witness to what they witnessed, the conversation they had, but it was very similar. Mm -hmm. Like not in a way that seemed sketchy, like they were making it up, but. Just normal, like yeah. everyone seemed to have saw the same thing or had the same like recollection of these two fighting. Yes. And then the next day, one of them ends up dead in their house with their girlfriend and cousin's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, all right. So after the Tijuana Blair trial that ends in a mistrial, obviously Maurice Johnson was also charged and had a trial at the time, but we'll get there after we talk about Michael Money Younger. Mm -hmm. So in 2009, he also had a trial and was convicted of like three counts of murder, uh, one count of especially aggravated robbery. Um, and I want to say one other charge and like conspiracy or something, mm -hmm. just like Tijuana. Um, but Oh, I just lost my, my, my brain is so mushy. Is too. Um, but his 2009 trial also ended. Oh, he was facing the death penalty as well. All three of them had the death penalty on the table at trial. At one point, yeah. Um, so he was, his trial was also, it ended in a mistrial. Um, and that's because of some misconduct with some people that are in charge, AKA detectives, judges, and we'll get there too later because we have to revisit it yeah. after we talk about the last person convicted or charged. Um, still in jail. Yes. Hello. So Maurice. in June of 2010, Michael Younger's first trial ended in mistrial. Um, and in November of 2010, a motion for charges against Michael Younger to be dropped was filed by District Attorney Bebb, B-E-B-B. -B. He had cited alleged credibility issues with former Cleveland Police Detective Duff Brumley. What a name. Right? Officer. So... 
Now Duff and the judge, what is her name, Reedy? Yeah, Reedy. They, the prosecutors found that they had had phone conversations up to the number of 200 during this time. Yes. What they're talking about, we don't know. Could have been the case. Like you said, it could have been an affair. I Something think, fishy's going on. I think it was possibly both. Oh, it could be, yeah. Because in the... So, the next person, obviously, um, Maurice Johnson, he was the first one um, charged, and he was the first one to go to trial. That was in... That was the day before Tijuana's trial in August of 2009. He was convicted of three counts of murder and one count of um, ag assault, especially <clears throat> aggravated robbery. Mm. And he he was the the next day was the sentencing hearing. You know, usually there's a little bit of time before sentencing, mm -hmm. especially with the death penalty. Yeah. Um, but he was not sentenced to death. He was sentenced to life without parole, a.k.a. three consecutive life sentences without parole. So. So, pretty much. Pretty tough. gnarly sentence. Yeah. Um, so, fast forward then to um, March of 2014. So, five years later. Mm -hmm. Because when... Um, when Maurice or um, Michael Money Younger was the mistrial, it was declared a mistrial like without prejudice, so they could they could charge him again oh. and take him back to court for okay. it again, um, which means that the whole trial wasn't even finished. Yeah, when it was declared a mistrial. Yeah, so in March of 2014, the new the new assistant district attorney, Robert Robert Fisher, obtained a new indictment, so to charge him again. And this is where the crap show really starts to happen. Like, all the hearings, all the things. Um, let's see. here. On March 19th, Richard Fisher went before the Bradley County Grand Jury and obtained a new indictment. Younger is charged with two counts of conspiracy to commit first degree murder and conspiracy to commit especially aggravated robbery, plus one count of felony murder and one count of first degree murder records show. He's being held in the Bradley County Jail and no bond has been set Jail personnel said Fisher could not be reached for comment. Criminal court judge Amy Reedy ordered a mistrial in the case in 2010 after the ADA Paul Rush disobeyed one of her orders and then asked a witness a question he specifically had been told not to ask, which what he's referring to is there was a question for the pretrial hearings about um, Mr. Younger being a drug dealer. And the judge had specifically told them not to even enter that line of questioning to prevent prejudice. Mm. 
with the jury. Yeah, yeah. or she's trying to hide her own ass and just is like, okay, Miss Bell, get out. Facts. I think something's yeah. weird. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, sorry, then it goes on to say basically that. Because of that, Bev dismissed the charges against Younger in October 2010, citing what he said was improper communication in the form of nearly 200 telephone calls between Reedy and the Cleveland police detective who put together the case, Duff Brumley. Duff Brumley was shortly after this whole situation let go from the police department because he had multiple against the rule and bad conduct situations prior to this. Mm. I think this made his third or fourth thing that was not following the rules. Like one time he actually left evidence and actually in this case left evidence on his desk in his office with the door unlocked and went home. Nice. So chain of custody was broken yeah. immediately. Yeah. In a multi homicide you're going to leave evidence out? Yeah. Like, what? What are you doing? Not a good job. No, really. at all. Um, so, with that being said, uh, Younger's co-defendant, Maurice Johnson, it, at this time, in 2014, was seeking a new trial based in part on Bebb's dismissal. Johnson has claimed that, among other reasons, he should have a new trial and that he should get the same benefit as Younger from the alleged improper contacts. Meanwhile, Tijuana Blair has pleaded, this is sad because this is not, does not have to do with this case. It's just the victim slash suspect that was acquit. Well, it was a mistrial. Tijuana Blair has ple pleaded guilty to federal drug charges. She was indicted in August on one count of conspiracy to manufacture more than 280 grams of crack cocaine and two counts of dis distributing crack. She pleaded guilty to the first count and was sentenced last week to 120 months in prison, followed by four years of supervised release and 500 hours of treatment for drug addiction. Mm. So, after that goes on, obviously, Maurice Johnson has filed a motion to have a retrial because of the mistrial and every... and. Mm charges that were dropped based on the conduct of the detective and the judge. Um, he didn't have the same fate. So in December of 2016, so there was actually in 2014, March of 2014, Johnson had uh, a hearing for his petition for post-conviction relief after being convicted and it says that a judge has upheld the murder convictions that only of the only person ever tried in the Valentine's Day triple slayings. Johnson was convicted in 2009 and is serving three life sentences for the deaths of OJ Blair, Casey Higgins and Don Rogers who were shot to death in an apartment after a fight the night before in a ruling filed on December 12th. Special, special Judge Don Ash rejected Johnson's request for a new trial based on ineffective assistance of counsel, which is a constitutional claim. Johnson had argued that his attorneys failed to properly prepare and present the case 
But in a 70-page ruling, Ash rejected those claims as either irrelevant to Johnson's case or issues that were not raised during his trial and therefore are off-limits now. He is the only one of three people charged in the Valentine's Day slangs to go through a complete trial. Um, prosecutors charged or claimed that Johnson was with Michael Money Younger and Tijuana Tart Blair in Cleveland in the Cleveland apartment where the victims were shot execution style. Blair was also shot in the apartment and initially considered a victim. Later, she was claimed to be one of the attackers. Younger's trial in 2010 ended in a mistrial. Um, he was reindicted early in 2014, but the new charges were dropped when Steve Crump replaced Stephen Bev as the 10th Judicial District Attorney in July of 2014. Part of Johnson's post-conviction petition claimed allegations of prosecutorial and investigative error raised in Younger's trial should be considered in his case. Yeah. I agree. I do too. I mean, I feel like Maurice and Money probably did it because they have the most evidence against them. They have the most witnesses talking about this fight and... You know, the fact that money and drugs is involved. There were multiple witnesses that um, claimed that he admitted doing this. Handling it. Yeah. And then he told, okay, I'm not even trying to be funny. The guy had like 14 girlfriends. Mm -hmm. He told all of them. All of them. It was like. Some of them he said, I handled it. It's none of your business. But some of them he He straight up said, like, no, it was me. I killed someone, yeah. And then he told another person in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the person who said that at trial that was in prison with him was obviously looking to get some sort of benefit out of yes. talking. Yes, cooperating. Yeah. So, obviously, you always have to question that. But. So crazy. So, three people killed, one injured, two mistrials, one conviction. Terrible conduct on a detective and a judge's part because she recused herself. I'm shocked no one's, you know, tried to get her off the bench. But for me, like, even just reading through the motions to, um, you know, have a retrial or dismiss charges, blah, blah, blah. I agree with him. And in the court documents, it said the state agrees that he was not represented fairly and like justly. Like Mm -hmm. his attorneys did not do what any attorney should have known to do. Mm -hmm. But the only reason that they did not grant his retrial was because he claimed that his attorneys there were witnesses that his attorney should have called to question or should have subpoenaed to like show up and ask them questions because that would have changed the course of the jury and what they thought. And when the re when the hearing for the retrial happened, he did not present any of those witnesses. So they couldn't even say like, Oh, if a new jury heard this, yeah, he might not be convicted. Mm-hmm. So we need to grant him a retrial. He didn't he didn't provide any of that. 
Yeah, but Lauren was shit on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, Money, Younger, and Tawana Blair are walking free today. And Maurice Johnson is still in jail for this. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yep. Um, I... I still question Tijuana Blair and her involvement or lack mm-hmm. of involvement. But I do 100%, in my opinion, after reading all of the documents, believe that Michael Younger and Maurice Johnson did this. And if it wasn't for that detective and that judge, I do believe Michael Younger would be, be serving yeah. life as well. Yeah. So because of them and their misconduct... Mm-hmm. Frustrating. It is frustrating. I wonder if if Maurice will go for another mistrial. He has appealed the decision on the first motion. Okay. Um, but it takes years for. And this. my thing is, it's hard because I do believe he did it. He has never admitted in court or to anybody besides the witnesses that claimed he did that he did it he's always said he was innocent and like he didn't do this um i do think he did it but i also believe in the law and i do think he should be granted a new trial i think so too and my only hope would be that he would be convicted again but like i said i believe in the law and i think he he does deserve a new trial based on what the law says yeah um i don't know yeah it's hard to be like yeah i want someone that i believe did this to have a chance to be free because but i mean michael younger is just out doing the damn thing yeah based off of the misconduct like that should it's frustrating it is but also like maybe don't kill people yeah or like sell drugs you know or do drugs or crack don't do meth don't kill people and don't be an asshole if you're gonna be an asshole be a funny one (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so our next couple of cases let's talk about those okay Brittany Eldridge from Knoxville. She is our victim in next week's case. And then the following case is really cool. Yeah, Cal Loxton. The last man hung in Tennessee. By court. By court of law in Jamestown County. I want to drive up there. We should. I really want to. That's going to be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be very interesting to know... I mean, at this point, like everything we're reading, we can only, about that, we can only hope is factual, you know, like, because mm-hmm. the rumor mill and stories change over time. Yep. Um, and then after that, we have Blair Adams, who mm-hmm. was also a victim in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, that's a crazy one. 
Yeah. That's crazy. We got some good cases coming up. We do have good cases coming up. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any knowledge or information on any of those cases or any of our previous cases yes. that you've listened to, like, please, please, please reach out. We love information, mm -hmm. feedback, yeah, criticism, constructive. <laughs> constructive criticism. Yes. I'll be Wow, wild case. Crazy. Mm -hmm. We've got some crazy ones coming up too, so. If you have a case that you want us to cover or investigate or look into, please send us a message, a comment, anything. And we're still looking for the case that's gonna take us out of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So send us those as well. Yes. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Expired Podcast. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Expired Podcast. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at the Expired Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next Monday.